0: Industry
1: 4.0. Hey guys, welcome to Industry 4.0. This is episode 19, and today we have a lot to talk about. Uh, the two biggest events, of course, the number one being the Apple conference this week, and close second, um, everybody's social security numbers. We're going to read them off one by one from the Equifax hack. <laughs> <laughs> so um i have the pleasure of saying that we are finally a full house once again the the boys are all united we're all back so i'm joined today by the usual cast and crew of ryan Irvin, jeff and kyle how is everybody doing tonight it's good yeah doing, well. <laughs> doing fantastic all righty but Uh, Before we get into the exciting news, we do have some smaller pieces of news to cover first. Uh, The first bit, um, and to hearken back to the episode where we mentioned the Volvo going all electric, Jaguar Land Rover has decided to join them in making only electric or hybrid cars by 2020. So uh, this is a pretty good move from the car industry on volvo's end to continue referencing the original article because now it looks like they're kind of pushing the industry into this direction what do you guys think of just to kind of quickly go over these what do you think of the this push seems like a pretty good move because this company doesn't currently have any electric offerings or even hybrid for that matter as far as i know
2: it's really exciting yeah um i i for one think it's pretty cool um It feels a lot like we're like the future is now, so to speak. Um, Within three years to have uh, another company with um, only electric cars and hybrid cars, it's such a huge difference if you think about three years ago how few hybrid and electric cars there were, and now it's just kind of taking the automotive industry by storm. I also heard uh, recently that Mercedes Mercedes is trying to do the same thing. They're trying to have an entire electric, entirely electric car lineup by 2022. So it's right. not just Jaguar or Land Rover. This is big stuff.
1: This is one of like the first bits of competition between automakers, and I'm genuinely excited for. And I'll I'll bet most of this kind of goes back to Tesla opening up all of the patents that they had for their electric car batteries and their power cells, um, and basically just like giving car companies all the science required to accelerate their growth like this, um, which is exciting. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing where they go and it'll be even bigger if this kind of pushes car, car manufacturers and other markets, such as the Japanese car manufacturers and GM, for example, the, just the American car makers to also follow suit. It's exciting. Yeah. Just wanted to.
3: Yeah, this yeah. is this is good news all around. Um, although this is all just them saying it, right? They're not promising that that's yeah. their plan currently is to do this by this date. Um, we'll see if they actually um, do it. Uh, although one thing that Volvo is still sticking to is, is diesel. Um, they're going to stick... Uh, to diesel-only cars. They're going to keep those um, going because they say they're still more efficient. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're following the same type of efficiency that uh, Volkswagen was doing. Hopefully not. Um, with their diesel cars. Um, trying to fake their uh, emission th- standards. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's good news all around. And, and look, I'm, I like hearing all these uh, car manufacturers pledging to... Um, move to all electric or hybrid cars in the very near future it's not like some crazy number like 2030 or something like that it's right around the corner um right 2020 and it even says that they're trying to um phase out the need
1: for any kind of petrol and diesel vehicle in general by 2032 yeah. which is even more ambitious on their part considering that's eight years ahead of the I think that's the entire U.K. standard they want to set by 2040. So it's a bold move, mm. to say the least, and I'm hoping that it goes well and yeah. they're actually going to stay true to their word.
3: Yeah, they're, they're probably better in the U.K. as well, because, I mean, in the U.S., we're used to relatively low prices for, for gas right now, uh, but compared to every, everywhere else in the world, it's it's crazy expensive. Uh, gas mm-hmm. um is and people are looking um to move off of that and save some money and now i think like you mentioned tesla earlier they did like the brunt work of trying to get make the cost of the batteries and the electric motors get them down uh, make them more uh commonplace um which definitely helped I w- i'm not giving tesla all the credit uh but it it Takes time and I think this is around this time, twenty twenty, is probably when it becomes viable for these companies to put it into the majority of their vehicles. Um it becomes cost efficient.
1: Yeah, that's a good point that you brought up earlier about um it's a little harder for some of the European nations to get a hold of gas, unlike the American markets and in other parts of the world that are more accessible to natural gas and oil. Um, because the last time I was in Germany, I remember being pointed out that um, it was like six or seven euros a liter. Yeah. And it's it's like strange. First off, it was strange to me that they measured gas in terms of liters, the cost per, which is less than a gallon. And second off, it's even at that, it's almost double the cost. So they, I can see the incentive to push this forward. And especially they kind of they got the green light when Tesla opened up all their patents, assuming that has been a help because I'm sure there are R&D departments that can pour millions of dollars into this easily because they're huge. But anyway, I just wanted to, I thought that was a co-article cool to follow up on, on Volvo to say that there's other people who are kind of putting in their two cents on this move to electric.
4: Oh uh, No, I'm definitely happy to see this, but I also want to say, I want to mention that it, it seems like it's part in part in large part guided by China's new mandate. It's called made in China 2025 where they're trying to convert all or most uh, vehicles in that country to clean energy like they're 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 including planes and everything they have a very aggressive uh expansion plan they have a 300 hundred dollar budget for it or 300 billion dollar budget i should say <laughs> 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 you know a little, so a, little a little bit of a difference, difference. Just, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 but yeah Dude. so they're, they're investing heavily in green energies a lot and more then, heavily and than yeah, the united yeah, states yeah. or any of the western china countries. china needs it for sure Route. Yeah, for sure.
5: Yeah, now, I had touched on that real quick. I didn't have any numbers like you did, uh, but I touched on that when we did the Volvo episode. And uh, I, I, just like we all said in that episode, I mean, it's exciting to see that we aren't, it, we're not seeing like the the outlier, and everyone else is going to see how it goes. Now we're finally seeing that first drop, that first, you know, exactly. Did, Volvo started it, and everybody's ready to follow. And again, it, it wasn't pushed necessarily by Tesla. Some of it may have been. It could have been pushed by. Uh, by the numbers that Ryan just gave us, you know, with uh, with China's aggressive plan, it's probably more pushed by that. But still, it's 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 really exciting to see these companies jumping all over it and trying to get that positive PR while it's available.
1: Exactly. And I think that these
5: everybody needs this, too.
1: So I, 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 I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. And it's going to be interesting to follow to see if any of the other automakers jump forward at this. So... To segue very casually into the next topic, did you guys happen to come across this fellow here claiming he invented email um, about like eight or nine years? Or he, he, he claimed it was invented, he invented it in 1980, um, despite the fact that the email was invented by Ray Tomlinson and, like about eight years before that, and I think before this guy was even born. So... <laughs> Um, um, I know
2: this is false because I invented the email
0: um,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i invented it. there's a, it's like the one guy who claimed he invented the iPhone like you get all these patent trolls who have these really obscure patents who right try they're to- so
3: over like they're so generic that you can pretty much tie it to anything um mm-hmm. and this is just one other case, and finally, the judge uh tossed out um the, the uh, case today um, finally uh, I think they settled co- it yeah, concluding it, uh, a baseless sleut, suit mm-hmm. um, yeah they
1: were also turned down the slap fees which meant they weren't going to get any of their legal fees back either, which uh, is one of the downsides of patent trolls but I thought it was funny because like, email was invented well before this guy and I guess one silver lining to it was that Ray Tomlinson now has a lot more people searching for him now even though he is he's recently deceased, but his work does not go unappreciated for inventing email and being the bane of many office workers' existence, <laughs> and possibly the biggest distraction that people have throughout their days. But I just thought that was a, a funny article to bring up on that. And um, they, I think he was suing them for fifteen million dollars. I think was the original yeah. lawsuit. Yep, and he only settled for. They only settled for $750,000, and um, it, it was a completely bogus claim, and also uh, I just wanted to be one of the first to wish this guy the best of luck in his eventual run against Elizabeth Warren that he's claiming that he's going to be doing <laughs> next year because he's going to need it, and I wonder if he'll try to take her down for anything patent-related.
2: Patent what's pending. It, like, yeah, what's it, it like to live inside that brain? That's what I want to know. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I'd imagine it's akin to that of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob, just like trying to get to any kind of money that he can possible.
4: He he seems to think this blog tech dirt is worth 15 million.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's just trying to take down all the tech blocks (laughs) that would have
3: bankrupted that company.
4: Yeah. Easily.
3: (laughs) Yeah. This is, but this is part of a larger issue of the patent troll problem and it's really getting out of hand. Um, the patent mm-hmm. office is issuing these, these wide-reaching patents that um, can't. They're they're so vague that you could that people own these patents. They, they could pretty much sue for anything. There's a uh, a recent one for podcasting. Someone was so said that they invented podcasting. And they were suing <laughs> all these big, big podcast companies to pay them a royalty just for using the word podcast in their name or just. Just by doing one, uh, they could get uh, a, a a payment from each podcast that's literally out there. And we'll have a podcast next that's just full of us just saying the
1: word podcast
3: and also singing happy birthday as well. <laughs> well, that, now that's legal, so that that's You're okay. good, you're good <laughs> yeah. there. Now we can actually say happy birthday without uh, getting uh, asked to pay royalty fees, but. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story about Happy Birthday. My nephew,
5: for whatever reason, if you sing Happy Birthday, I think it's because so many people sing at one time, he freaks out,
2: <laughs> loses his mind, like will scream and cry until you stop. That's how I get when people sing Desposito. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no follow up on that.
1: No, I got nothing no on that one. Nope. Good talk. Oh, man. That's pretty good, though. Um, But I guess now we can... Now that we got the fun news out of the way, we can address the elephant in the room that is Equifax. Mm -hmm. Um, There has been quite the... they've, They've almost beaten Uber in the amount of times that they've received negative press for specific different issues in this, like, downward spiral that has been this whole debacle. So... Um, To lead it off, the rumors, or they had gotten wind of the hack occurring on July 29th, and they didn't let anybody know of this until earlier this week. So, what? Last week, Thursday. Uh, Last week, yeah. So, right after we published the episode. Mm -hmm. So, there's that. So, they knew about it for a month little over a month and didn't tell anybody the next thing which is even better is there's rumors that the or it happened but the rumors around it are all speculative at this point um, was that several executives including the chief financial officer of Equifax all sold stock equating to around like 1.8 million dollars about a week before they revealed the hack which now there's rumors of insider trading. <laughs> and That's ridiculous. And it gets better. It, it gets even better. Um, they then proceeded to set up a website to people who who are concerned about this because obviously you are. Because um, to kind of go into what Equifax does, for those who don't know, is Equifax is a, um, a credit bureau. So these are the guys that are the companies that tell credit card companies if you're a a, a person who's good on
3: paying yeah. you their pay credit cards off and credit, someone who's credit yeah credit worthy yeah. so they'll look yeah. at your history of payments on time payments um and they'll say to the bank let's say someone wants to b- borrow money for buying a house or down payment on a car uh, or j- just buy a car get a loan on a car that this echofax or there's uh three or four others that do the same thing uh will tell the bank that yes this person is is likely to uh give you the money back or how likely right how credit worthy are you will they lend you the money should you should they lend you the money or should they not um so they have uh, all your credit card transactions uh, be pretty much anything yeah. tied to your um social security number um, so they know exactly when you paid your balances on each of your credit cards that you have under your name, uh, any loans that you might have under your name, they all have this information and you don't have to use them to be affected, right? Cause, cause Matt was asking me about this when this first initially came out, he's like, I don't, I never used them. You don't need to. All you need to do is have a credit history, and your information is in their database, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, right, you probably opted
4: into them at some point through a terms of service, and you don't need um, I just have Wikipedia summary up of yeah. Equifax. So it's it's a consumer uh, credit reporting agency. Equifax collects and aggregates information on over 800 million individual consumers. So it's it goes outside of the U.S. Yeah. and more than eight, 88 million businesses worldwide. Yeah. It was founded in 1899 <laughs> in Atlanta, yeah, Georgia. Yeah. Just
3: by you having a credit card, you're in their database. That's all it takes
2: yes. from any company. Um, so,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah,
2: this, the ones who are safer, like toddlers and those people who hide their cash under the mattress. That's right. about it.
1: Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I think anytime, anytime you toddler. sign up for anything yeah. like that, you indirectly agree to the right to share with them.
3: So, the, just to give you some, a summary of what was breached, uh, what could potentially could have been breached during this uh, um, attack, there's uh, full names, uh, social security numbers, uh, birthdays, addresses, uh, in ca- some cases driver license numbers, um, information on your bank accounts, insur- um, insurance company information, um,
2: yeah, and things like that so pretty uh honestly honestly, if if the hacker were so inclined they'd probably have records of your purchases as well right Mm, probably um yeah i'd imagine in at least with the credit cards but
1: um these guys have so much information and um i might have missed it but if you guys tossed a number out of the number of people affected by this which is also an important number um that would be 143 million people, which is 44% of the United States. Just Directly put, affected by the hack. Right, just to put that into a percentage. And as we discussed, that could be literally anybody because, as it turns out, you don't need to sign up for these. They kind of automatically will enroll you in their services. So there's that. Um, but what I was going to be getting at with what they did was they set up a website to um, – was to set up a website to see if you were affected by this hack. And um, people had investigated the website and they went to investigate and they found out that if you, someone put in, I think the social security number, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. And then the name Donald Trump and they entered it in multiple times and it returned random results like yes and no for the same number. And it was a completely bogus name. So it's 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 a little bit ridiculous that they're not taking this seriously at all.
3: And that website is also running on a stock installation of WordPress with little to no any enterprise grade security, nothing. And you're entering six out of the 10 digits of your social security number on this site. And it's running a stock installation of WordPress.
2: Um, So if your information is not already compromised and you use this website, there's a good (laughs) chance it will be after. Yeah.
4: Yeah, So do not use that site.
2: (laughs) Isn't, I think we discussed this at some point in a side conversation, but was, isn't there some kind of agreement that Equifax puts out when you use that site where you cannot, uh, you know, take part in any lawsuits against them when you use that service?
3: Yeah. So they, uh, as part of this uh, site, when you typed in your information of your um, last name and your six digits of your social security, uh, if they if it said uh, that you were affected, which we just talked about was just random, um, they would provide you a link to sign up uh, for a credit monitoring service uh, for a year uh, and for free. Um, and if within the the terms of service on that. Uh, Uh, Sign up when you were signing up for that credit monitoring service. It states that if you sign up for this, uh, you lose all your rights to uh, sue Equifax in a class action lawsuit.
1: That's actually kind (laughs) of not true. Well, it was
3: in their terms of service. How valid it is, how enforceable it is, might be not true. As it turns
1: out, the that terms of service agreement, from what I heard from reading a recent article, um, was that. Clause kind of only applied to the credit service that they sign you up for and not the actual um, service. Uh, the statement from Equifax was that they do not withhold the right to sue. You still have the right to sue them. So that's one kind of thing that was recently said by them. I don't, like I said, I don't know how much weight that holds because at this point I don't trust anything they say anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, it's, but that like the, the free credit service is a little ridiculous because the fact that they're trying to give you a one year trial of something that you have to eventually pay for after losing your social security number is a sham because they're trying to just get money from you at that point. Yep. Like the fact that they're like, Oh, Hey, we lost your social security number and literally everything that identifies you is who you are. And uh, here's a one year free trial of our, of our fun service <laughs> and you can't sue us after have fun. Cool. See you guys later. Like, I don't think anybody should be doing anything with this company anymore,
3: but it's so. not like you have a choice, right? yeah, there has to be an a uh, a bigger topic discussed here of like overhauling the financial system, making a better way of of monitoring the credit more a safer way, having putting companies who actually know how to do proper security in charge of this sensitive information. They're keeping track of literally everyone in the country that has a credit card or any loan mm-hmm. like that. And they, are, they uh, I saw an article uh, today uh, that uh, Equif- Equifax was one of the biggest lobbyists in Washington to block a bill to protect um, the rights of uh, people with all this information online. Because um, they don't want the burden of protecting all this information that they're collecting. Um, no way. Yeah. So it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And I think currently um, there's that huge class action lawsuit that's been started in order to just kind of re- recover whatever people can. I think it's up to 70 billion now on this company. So Echo Facts has made quite a few mistakes and um at this point there's really not much people can do like people our age it would be very inconvenient to freeze kind of the tax or freeze your credit report from this service in any way but like somebody who is older and is less kind of volatile in like either signing up for credit cards or getting a home or doing anything like that then it may be worth looking into freezing any
5: kind of credit report from your account. That's what the recommendation has been is to freeze your credit. Like, and I saw regardless of age, like you can always unfreeze it and freeze it again and it won't affect your, your score. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're like, it's just, it's just dangerous right now. I mean, literally the company, like for people who don't really get how credit works. And I mean, I, I barely do. I feel like all of us barely do, even though we just, kind of anyway we kind of know but no one really knows because it's all ridiculous but i think that like it when you hear about people getting their identity taken even that is such a gray area you're like i don't really know what that means but you hear about okay well they can take your identity if they have this this and this and this and this and this so don't put that out there don't let anybody get it make sure it's secure and now all that is gone at once forever right Like anything that you could possibly want no one to have, they have all of it right now. That's how serious it is. On the bright side, maybe it'll bring the conversation
1: to hand on the original discussion for the social security debate in the number not being intended to be this important to people's lives. It used to just be specifically for, I think it was just specifically for credit information and something like that, but now it's, like basically the single most personally identifiable way to let someone know that you are you and the root of identity theft mm-hmm. so but yeah I I just it's, it's kind of mind blowing that they're almost kind of not taking it seriously they think it's like a joke with the way they're handling this and they're just kind of passing the blame game and lobbying and setting up bogus websites to get people to think they're safe. And honestly, like I don't think that anybody should go on that website and try to do anything with it because one, it's a fake service. And two, I don't think people should have, should be doing any further business with, um, with Equifax. I personally but, think that. I'm,
2: I'm really curious to see what kind of consequences they face for this. Um, right. Whether it be, you know, certain individuals at the company or the company itself, if there are restrictions put in place. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to see, you know, they're kind of acting like untouchable, um, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, they're
2: reacting not really like showing any admission of guilt or um, regret, anything like that just negligence Clither. on
3: their part yeah, complete right. negligence on the, the security i just saw one thing one more thing about like one uh, screw up that they did another one on top of all these is that they actually equifax um offers a, a, a where you can freeze your credit in case that you detect um any fraudulent or um miscellaneous charges that you might you might think that are fraudulent you can freeze your credit um uh, account um if you do this um it's it's emails you uh, a security pin uh so that you can verify that you have the proper email address and your identity turns out that security pin is just a timestamp of the exact timestamp of when you requested that freeze get
5: out of here exactly
3: <laughs> just the timestamp that's this that's their quote-unquote secure pin um that's the most secure thing ever how Um, lazy are you so the after the after this was found of course they updated it so now that that's not the case but i don't know how long was that the case like this this is not a new feature just because of this hack this freezing of the credit people use this in case they they were monitoring the actively monitoring their credit and they found something suspicious they could freeze their account um but I don't know like this has been probably before people started looking at it this closely probably been active for quite a while this type of uh, this timestamp a uh, security yeah, when, pin
2: when that's engineered you have to know that that's a risk like how can you proceed not only in designing in that initially but approving it and think not even questioning the fact that that is a giant gaping hole for you know being exploited
3: and yeah, they just didn't hire the proper engineers who knew what they were doing um,
1: either that or it was one of those things where it's like the healthcare.gov website where it's just right. completely irresponsibly set up yeah they, maybe like.
3: they spent all that money lobbying i just found the article what i mentioned the lobbying for uh mm-hmm. so aquifax spent half a million dollars lobbying congress earlier this year um, just months before this um, breach uh, happened for um, they was lobbying lawmakers uh, so that they could limit the legal liability of credit reporting companies in case of a breach like this. So they they were lobbying uh, Washington to try to limit what they're actually uh, liable for because if that's a, a breach true. like this. Yeah, sounds about right happens. It's yeah. just ridiculous. I think Did we you can... Guys,
2: i go for it. I just wanted to talk about kind of the technical side of this. Did you read in... I, I was just reading into the actual vulnerability that was exploited. I don't know if you guys checked this out. I read that it was an Apache vulnerability in there. Yeah, server. it's in Apache Struts. There's... I mean, they suspect it of being one of two different vulnerabilities, but the real um, catch here is that at least 65% of fortune 100 companies are actively using web applications built with the struts framework. All right. Yeah. So we got Lockheed Sweet. Martin, the IR, the IRS Citigroup, Vodafone, Virgin Atlantic readers, digest office Depot and Showtime are all openly known to be using mm-hmm. this framework. Um, and, The sadder part about this, at least from my interpretation of what I've read, is that there have been patches available for either of these two vulnerabilities for quite some time now. I could be Um, mistaken, but I think I read they were running nine-year-old software. Yeah, Um, yeah, two (laughs) thousand eight. Yep, it's just unacceptable. I mean, (laughs) it it makes you angry. Like there's there are companies, and I. I don't know how else to phrase this, but far less important than this company when it comes to you know dealing with people's credit and personal information, personally identifiable information. And the fact that you're nine years out of date on your vulnerability patching is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that needs to be made clear to anybody who um, is you know, listening to this podcast. And when it does fall into the government's hands to deal with this, um, that needs to be made clear that this is negligence and it's affecting millions of people. This is seven times as many people as the OPM hack that happened a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's something with the code to get back to that where you either, between where it translates from what's happening on the web platform to the Java backend and it's getting translated there, there's a, there's a bug where you can pretty much uh, execute malicious software and the other bug, which could have potentially been used or exploited, is during file uploads. Same thing triggers a bug, and then you send malicious code. And that's like that's security one on one. You don't want people executing <laughs> malicious code on your server, right? Get it straight, right? And um,
1: one thing is that for any like we were saying earlier, um, anybody who is more credit stable. Um, someone who's kind of more established and a lot older and has assets, um, the number one recommendation is to freeze your uh, your credit reporting so that way nobody else can pull it without you unfreezing. And the caveats around that is that, like we were saying, it can be a pain to freeze and unfreeze. It's kind of introducing a burden on you. And in some states, it can actually cost you a small fee, upwards of like $10, but Still, it can cost you money to freeze because it comes with a service. And like I said, it's it's a, bit of an, it's a bit of an overhead to do it, and there's work that you have to do on your end. But if you have assets, then paying the $10 or however much it will cost you to get your credit score frozen will cost you a lot less than identity theft lawsuits. Yep. <laughs> so, and so, for it, for yeah, me.
3: there's one more story that j- literally just came out oh, nine hours ago today. Uh, came out from the BBC. So uh, apparently F- Equifax has a, an arm in Argentina uh, oh, where they oper- <laughs> operate in. And it's just, just uh, a cherry on top of the cake here. Um, it turns out in the Argentinian arm, the Equifax had a site where um, you can access an online employee tool. And the login was, for the pa- uh, username was admin, password was admin. Um, get out. Shut uh, up. Are
5: you kidding me?
3: This, so, so this person also added that this gave them access to records that include thousands of customers' national identity numbers in Argentina.
2: It's um, not even funny.
3: No, it's not. It's, it's like, not funny at all.
5: I, 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 all right. I have a question. I don't watch the news regularly anymore. I get my news from the internet as I see fit. Is this a major news story?
4: I, don't, I would no, say it's not. My parents have been watching a lot of TV. I've seen it around them. They don't report this very heavily at all. I've seen like, a lot of commercials go up though recently. Where oh, they said, oh well, let's let's scan the deep web and see if your your social security number's out there. I was like, well, yeah. this is bogus instantly. I can tell you that right now. That's a bogus commercial. They're trying to scam you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're they're playing nonstop, but they don't they don't play it on the news at all. The media yeah. doesn't doesn't even cover it. It's I
5: don't that drives me insane. Yeah. The fact that like BBC is covering this. So like it's, I've seen multiple things on BBC. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Hurricanes with the destruction—I understand why they cover that. It's it's super important, and we care about all those people that are being affected by these things. But the next story after that should be this. That's yeah. it. I, I, I what else you, matters you know, right now? They're not Rebel. making
3: big enough big enough deal about it, right? They're talking about the new iPhone, whatever came out. Like people, <laughs> I don't, and I don't think most people realize how big this is. What information these companies actually? hold personal information that they hold without you even knowing about them
2: right you yeah have, i mean i think a lot of people, people aren't even hearing about the story and if they are they say oh equifax i've never heard of Equifax. Right. yeah exactly yeah, i'm not effective. i actually
1: had that happen today i had to explain i had to ask my dad if he had heard about it and he said no and then my follow-up question was have you ever heard of equifax and it was another no and I was like I mean there's there's nothing against anybody for not knowing what Equifax is because they shouldn't have to worry about a company like this yeah, but that's the job is
2: yeah explain that to people instead of I'm sorry and I don't I'm not meaning to get political here but if you're going to talk about a guy taking a knee during a football game and that's more important than something that affects the backbone of your economy which is millions of people that's a problem
4: yeah yep. yes yeah um, I agree yeah but so so that being said, like let's factor in Equifax's totally nonchalant reaction to this whole thing. You know how they're right. just like just brazen about it. They're just they don't care let's let's face it. between what what you guys just focused on in, earlier in the episode, they don't really care. so that tells me that the government's really not going to take a strong action against them. They'll have a couple of lawsuits. hopefully they'll have a nice big class class action lawsuit. that's the best that'll come out of this, but I think they'll still be standing at the end of this. so yeah. for me. I think personally I this pushes me towards cryptocurrencies more than anything. Like mm-hmm. decentralize the economy. Mm-hmm. I feel like having this backbone of credit agency is just they're corrupt.
1: People have proven they're irresponsible with personal identifiable information and sensitive data when they're in a
2: position of power. They become irresponsible. So at this point, what does it what does it mean anymore when all yeah. these millions of people basically anyone could be them what does mm-hmm. it even mean anymore yeah. what value does it hold
0: yeah
4: Those it's, it's hard. cryptocurrencies are, are virtual they are still they have a physical presence that's that's the guarantee they give me personally whereas mm-hmm. this somebody could copy all my numbers all my the all the money i have right now like i haven't even used cash in weeks all the money i have is digits in a screen right now that's yep. it yep at least There's just i an ag- zero, algorithm I like a server, with, with yeah. cryptocurrency to prove that that is mine i own that
3: right yeah, the money in your bank account is just ones and zeros sitting on a server and anybody can steal it. There's not physical anything tied to it.
2: That's it. Right. Someone- that's, all, that's all good and well, but I mean, at, at some point there has to be some kind of connection between your you as a person and that cryptocurrency too. Couldn't someone... Right, yeah.
1: Even in the oh, case yeah, of you.
2: Easy to rob. That's, yeah. yeah. So like, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that there's no fixing this really it's hard to get your
1: social security number replaced and at the moment um, cryptocurrency is a good option but that being said the technical overhead in order to get everybody onto something such as that is way too much for any single effort at the time but right. all you can do at this point is educate people on what they can do to protect themselves from this and what they can do going forward um to kind of mitigate this issue in the best way possible and watch this whole fiasco, this whole dumpster fire from over the fence. (laughs) (laughs)
4: well i know know our parents generations are like they're kind of beyond the cryptocurrency point or like from personally witnessing it they just you know they don't get it they don't want to be involved in that i think maybe our our generation will be a little more involved with that but at the same time like what you're saying is the the social security numbers are just way out of date we got we got phones that have facial recognition now we have finger fingerprint (laughs) scanners on the back of a phone why are we using a a nine digit system to identify us
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that being said, that's why I was suggesting that since it's hard to get people who are of an older age who aren't as technically literate, um, the concept of freezing your credit reporting is a little more familiar and it's a little similar. And um, I was going to say there was a resource that was provided, um, and not to not to incorporate information from another podcast in this way, but it's important to know that this information is available. There's a bit.ly link that was provided in the latest episode of security now um, on the twid network. And that bit.ly link is bit.ly.com slash freeze credit. And when you go there, it provides you kind of a, a very good breakdown and a very easy approach to getting that done for people. So visiting that website can get the ball rolling for a lot of people on freezing. And a lot of people to quote what you were saying earlier, Ryan, they froze their credit accounts after that initial hack two years ago on the other, on one of the other big credit bureaus. So it's, it's, it's good to get the information out there and it's good to get this, to get the knowledge into people's hands so they can do with it what they will. If they choose inaction, then that's more power to them, but at least people know what they can do in the meantime in order to get this done. And And like we were saying, Equifax itself is probably going to be okay. But if you, like I said, if you're old enough and your assets are stable and you're not going to be signing up for a whole lot of credit cards anymore or not buying any more homes, then freeze it. You have no reason to keep that volatile. You have no reason to sign up for another credit card. So freeze it at that point. As someone our age, probably not because we don't have as many assets And we tend to be a little, and none of us, I mean, I I can't really speak for everybody my age, but don't have homes for, or we're all too busy buying avocado toast, according to (laughs) some of the news stations (laughs) to afford homes. But um, the best, the, one of the, one of the silver linings that I wanted to point out earlier was that I guess we can say that Uber is no longer the worst example that we've had on a podcast for terrible company management. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can say this beats them. Yes,
4: yeah, for sure.
2: At, at least Uber provides a service. <laughs> and they don't just live to farm information for yeah. people. We'll see up. how many podcast counts we get for Equifax. Uh, I think <laughs> this is two. Uber is probably around four or five of negative press. We need to we need to get another clock going
1: from the, the days since an Uber screw up. The since an <laughs> I don't,
5: I don't want to get too far down this road because it's, it's it just takes us to a different topic. But knowing people who work in media and studying media when I was in college and having that as a goal at one point, um, you know, being on television and stuff like that, uh, it's – the question nowadays with so many different mediums and how much news uh, distribution has changed uh, with social media and so many different sources online and still television, the question becomes like, okay, do we report the things that people are interested in because we will get them to view us? Or do we report the important things that hope that people tune in, whether they know about it or not? And sometimes there's that gray area. Okay. The dolphin, the dolphin, washed up on the beach and people tried to save it. Do we need to tell people about that? Or are they going to tune in because it's uh, a, an animal and people are sad? Well, this is a little more important than that. And I think anybody who's stuck on, oh, well, you know what? People don't know what Equifax is. If we search Equifax, the whatever, the Colin Kaepernick story gets more hits than Equifax. So let's talk about Kaepernick again for the 19,000th time. This is a time where I think you go back to the old days of media where It is your duty as someone running a news station to let people know the severity of this situation. If you are part of putting a television show together on a news station, whether it's local or nationwide, it is your job and your duty in the job that you have. You have one job to do, and that is to let people know what's going on in the world, and this is one of the most important things going on in the world. It needs to be talked about.
1: Right. And I plan on incorporating more coverage of this as news stories break out and as these lawsuits develop and, God forbid, any further kind of mishandlings from this company. And it's it's almost – I don't want to take away from this by lumping it in the same episode as the second half dedicated to Apple, but – it definitely needed to be talked about before we get into like anything else, because I think it's something that people need to hear about and something that people need to know.
4: So, you
2: know what? I think that Kylie Jenner should step up to the plate and just announce this to the world because she's (laughs) apparently got all the millennials in the world following her on Instagram. So, you know, be a human being instead of uh, an Instagram fanatic. and But maybe the maybe the way that she gets her news needs to tell her because she might not know either.
5: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she probably she, hasn't seen a credit card in yeah. however I mean, She <laughs> doesn't know what her credit is. She doesn't care about that. She doesn't have yeah. a credit card, dude.
2: She just has cash. That's
5: what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's... Someone needs to, so her PR needs to be like, yeah, this is something that one, it'll give you good PR. And two, people need to know about it. And you're like the most popular human being on the planet. So Exactly.
1: Come on. Just reach out to Equifax. Get, just get the email and then send her the this episode of Industry 4.0 so she can <laughs> learn
2: and get educated about this topic. Yeah, maybe I'll just go all out. I'll just send her some DMs. <laughs> yeah, send DMs with an episode i 4 Yeah, Be like, Equifax, please talk about it. Here's hey, the episode. Please, uh, yeah, make a post about Equifax. <laughs> the people need to know. Yes. Thanks, J-Buds. <laughs> Here's some beats. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but um, if anybody had any closing thoughts on... The Equifax topic. I know it's it's still developing, so things could change in the span of a week, but it's something that people definitely should keep an eye on. But if anybody yeah. has any further closing notes, then um I think that's the first half.
2: Yeah, keep listening. You guys know we'll keep you updated. And yeah. keep in mind that technology is not all about ones and zeros and smartphones and computers. It relates to our world. There's people behind those monitors. Yeah, yeah. it affects
4: your daily life.
2: Yeah. Oh. Exactly. We don't just bring you your software updates. We bring you this kind of news as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. But
1: with that being said, I think that we can call this the end of the first half of episode 19. So uh, up next, we have a lot of discussion about the second largest event of this past week, the Apple conference. So thanks for listening to the first half guys, and we'll catch you in the second half.
5: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for the second half of episode 19, 19 here on Industry 4.0. Uh, don't know how you're listening, how you're watching. If you're watching the live Twitch stream, obviously, you know, you can find us on Twitch by searching Industry 4.0 or twitch.com slash Industry Four Zero, all spelled out. If you're watching us and it's not live, you're probably watching us on YouTube. Just search Industry 4.0 or Industry 4.0, all spelled out. Uh, and if you are listening to us on your phone, on your computer, you're probably listening to us through iTunes, Industry 4.0. However you want to listen to us, however you are listening to us, make sure you check out all the ways that we are available um, and you are looking for, if you're not sure where to find us in the future, you're looking for that little white box with the four and the black and green gears. Obviously, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter because we're a tech podcast. What would we be if we didn't have social media? But anyway, we're. I'm glad you came back after a very serious first half. We're getting into a very exciting second half talking all things Apple. All things Apple, second half.
3: Yep. So excited. Biggest Irvin, news this week or one of the biggest?
5: <laughs> Irvin, I know you were excited about the event. I know... Slavin, you had it marked off on your calendar, sending us screenshots, letting us know what was coming. Let's lead off where they let off Apple TV. What are the reveals? What's your guys' thoughts? Well, I know
1: that Urban is most excited for not necessarily the Apple TV itself, but the subsequent 4K screensaver um, B-roll footage that they have for the Apple TV, which has been which will be subsequently released for a third-party app on the Shield. That was the biggest thing I'm excited for, and I know you are <laughs> right. too.
3: Yeah, since we're not actually on Apple TV um, owners or users. Uh, but I think overall this is good for 4K over as a whole make it more accessible for uh, people to get 4K content. Because right now 4K TVs are available, people are getting them. But getting that content available for the users... Uh, It's still kind of hard. Netflix is doing some, and Amazon is doing 4K content. um, And now Apple TV is in the game as well. And One of the big steps that they did, I think, into getting more people's hands on 4K content is that if you buy one of these Apple TV 4K devices... Uh, they're going to upgrade uh, your HD content movies that you purchased so far on iTunes to 4K for free, which Ooh. is a great move, I think, on their part to get an adoption um, to get people familiar with it. It's like, oh, wow, this does look way better on my 4K TV that I might, that I'm uh, I already own so that I might be more inclined to buy more 4K uh, TV content. Right. That thing, was one of the bigger yeah. things I thought yeah. they did. Another thing that they did was uh, cap the price for 4K movies at $20. I know that for 4K, actually Blu-rays and things like that, it's it's quite a bit more expensive uh, mm-hmm. to, to buy the 4K version. So they made a deal, uh, I think, with Disney in particular, and they're trying to work on more deals with other content providers to get that price down to that $20 Uh, to make it somewhat more affordable than uh, just buying the full-on Blu-ray 4K copy of it. Um, So I think that's a good move as well. One of the best things that isn't necessarily having
1: to do with just the fact that it's 4K, but something that not many people think of is it's also high dynamic range or 4K HDR. So that is a huge step up in terms of quality and in terms of just like improving the user experience for all Apple users with an an Apple TV and anybody who is also producing 4K content. And as we know, Apple tends to drive the market that they have a stake in in whatever kind of technology they have. So I'm expecting to see 4K televisions dropping in price and becoming more competitive going forward. And just the whole market shifting towards supporting 4K HDR content along with all the new things that they released. So, the Apple TV I thought was actually a fairly large announcement. It was um it was overshadowed by su- stuff that we'll get into later, but I thought that was a fairly substantial bit of news that they had announced. Although, um it's still the same UI, so they have to deal with that. <laughs> but you but you can check out that UI in 4K HDR. <laughs> There's yeah, been think- a lot of complaints about the UI for the Apple TV. Yeah. Just the overall user experience, but
5: 4K HDR. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, man, I mean, it's it's exciting that, that there's more and more things that are using 4K or giving you that content. Uh, again, my previous employer, people used to ask me all the time, oh, I got a PS4. Should I go get a, a 4K TV now? I'm like, well, first off, it's not even a PS4. Like the Pro wasn't out yet. I so am mm-hmm. like, no. Mm-hmm. You can get it. It's not going to make a difference. Your system can't do it. Your Blu-ray player can't do it. You don't have anything that does it. Why do now? There's a reason to go. I mean, obviously, there's been a few reasons before this, but the more things that, that people put out, and obviously, Apple, like you said, drives the market so heavily. Uh, it's an ex, it's exciting for people who care about that. Uh, that that crisp picture and those obviously four K graphics, right?
1: And that's that was one of the. That's one of the things that, that you were talking about, Irvin, the upgrading all of the existing iTunes content for free to 4K if they purchased an Apple TV that supports this. Um, I know several people who have, who are they're older than I am, they have fairly extensive iTunes libraries that encompass both movies and songs. So that's, that's got to be some pretty good news and a
5: nice little incentive to kind of keep people in the ecosystem. So... Do you think people are going out and buying a bunch of movies, not in 4K real fast right now on iTunes? It's just this that I get the update when it comes out. Maybe. <laughs> can only imagine
1: that would have helped their sales. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, in other news, the going on with their list of releases, um, first off, I actually just wanted to, to kind of preface going forward that this new event was the first time that the Apple conference had taken place in the new building, the Mothership. Apple Park, um, and there's plenty of now. Now that they've had the event, there's plenty of footage available online um, that you can check out. Available for um, this, like the layout of the park and Steve Jobs Theater and the whole area. But it's a pretty big event for Apple because this marks the 10 year anniversary of the unveiling of the iPhone and the completion of the final project that Steve Jobs had started. So. They had a a very good tribute to Steve Jobs at the beginning of this event, and I thought it was very well done. And a tribute to someone who arguably is the reason why technology is in mainstream news today. So a lot of people attribute their careers to Steve Jobs and or have influenced making these events as important as they are, because no matter how many people can hate on Apple, nobody does production in terms of their marketing events even close to Apple. It's the reason why we're dedicating half of an episode to it. So, but um, I just wanted to say that because it's a, it's a big event for them as well as the public, because it's taking place in their new building and it's a culmination of where they've been and where they've come from in the last 10 years. And um, not to take away from that, but kind of going back to the announcement itself um their second big announcement was the new apple watch the um the series 3 i noticed um i don't know if anybody else caught this but they it looks like they got rid of the series 2 when they unveiled the listing that they had it was series 1 and then it was the series 3 and then they had the series 3 with the lte antenna built in i thought that was unusual i don't know if you if anybody else caught that but i don't know if they said why they're getting rid of the series 2 unless the series 3 just does it everything it needs
3: to anyway yeah i think I, th- I, in my opinion i think the series 3 does everything that the series 2 did plus um if you want that lte option you can pay a little extra get that lte um and then they keep around the series one because i think if people don't need uh that extra waterproofing that the series 3 does um, or those extra features that it might offer, the, the fastest processor. If they just need want a simple watch that just happens to uh, do um, text messages and have Siri on it, they don't need all those extra features. They'll pay that less money. I think it costs like $200, 229 for the Series 1. That's more it's than much no- cheaper. Yeah, it's, it's more than enough for a lot of people. So they're still keeping that around. And then skipping, leaving the series two behind and then just staying with series three.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: And the LTE is nice on that watch, which kind of enables it to be almost an entirely exclusive device. And I know you were saying before the second half, Urban, that it's going to be $10 a month to add that LTE service onto the smartwatch for yep. your carrier across all carriers. And that may disincentivize some people. I know other companies with smart watches before that have done less, but um, I'm curious to our two Apple users in the podcast if, um, if any of these have in are enough of an incentive to drive you to possibly consider a smartwatch. Because I know um, they're good for fitness tracking and great for all that stuff, but I was wondering if that's any kind of an incentive for
5: either one of you to pick up one of these. Uh, I mean, I just don't feel the. I think we talked about this previously. I'm just not that into it. I don't feel the need for it. Um, I mean, I I barely use my my smartphone to its potential. I know I'm on a tech podcast. Please don't please don't at me, internet. But I don't really use my uh, my smartphone to its fullest potential. So I think adding another piece for 230 to outrageous prices uh, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily up my alley although a lot of the things are intriguing it makes you look twice for people who are either not into them previously or like i always say that i'm not into them but like again at my where i used to work people would sell them to us and i would pick it up and I'd be like uh, do i <laughs> do i want it mm-hmm. so that's uh, and and obviously with with the new things that they've announced and the potential for it to kind of like be a standalone device is really exciting um it's made me look more than once i, I still don't think i'm going to make the jump I don't know about you, Jeff, but that's.
2: I um, I'm trying to plan accordingly for this, but I I was just recently thinking how I think I might finally take the plunge into getting a smartwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, this, barring my eventual decision as to what my next phone will be, mm-hmm. uh, if if I do decide to stick with Apple. Which you guys might hate in a way, but also love for podcast purposes. Um, I might very well <laughs> dive into this new Apple Watch. Um, it is exciting. The standalone device part is something I've been waiting for. And it's probably one of the biggest reasons I haven't done anything as of right.
3: yet. Yeah, um, yeah. That ability to carry just one device and then have, you can do majority of the things that you're going to do on the that you were going to do on the phone make calls send text messages look get emails uh soon they're going to have uh if you use apple music you can stream uh as many so all the music from apple music straight from to yeah that was a full library full library available to it um and it's just i just want to mention that this is ridiculous so the they didn't increase the size at all from the series 2 and they added Mm -hmm. an lte radio to the phone to the to this watch and the watch Mm -hmm. i mean it's not that big it's it's a it's it's not a small watch but it's definitely not a huge watch and just think about it there's a gps in here there's an altimeter uh there's a uh yeah uh full lte radio ambient light sensor 3d touch built in the uh, heart rate sensors, which they made a lot of updates to in, in series three, which it might they teamed up with um, Stanford Medicine to uh, start tracking um, irregularities in your heartbeat and then might give you like, hey, you this might be a precursor to uh, some something more serious, uh, which is kind of amazing. um mm-hmm. You can go deeper within water. You can actually go swimming. It'll track full uh, laps that you're doing within the water. Um, It's kind of a crazy uh, device that all that technology fits into that little tiny thing on your wrist.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
3: Some of the tech they talked about
1: during this presentation is like mind blowing to understand how, how it actually worked because. You said they crammed the LTE band in there,
3: which usually can add some depth to whatever is whatever it's crammed into. Right. We've but seen we've the, seen other um Android Wear to compare the Android Wear devices with LTE and they were bulky. Like, they were thick, yeah, they were yeah.
1: huge. And as a to to tell to say where they fit it was incredible. They were able to actually embed the LTE band, not in the housing of the phone, but in the actual display. So in right underneath of the display is the mesh for the LTE band, which is incredible that they were able to get that to actually work without having to add anything else to increase the size of the watch. So it's a big update for the watch. So I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how this drives the rest of the smartwatch market see if it maybe kind of brings competition back because I know Android wear has been at least suffering in finding a viable competitor to the Apple
3: watch. And one, been, one other thing that they announced is that now the Apple watch is the number one selling watch in the world, period. Not just smartwatch watch. They beat, beat yeah. out Rolex um, in the number of, of watches sold.
1: That I thought was kind of funny because I'm not sure that Apple watches are in the same market as Rolex and Cartier and Omega and I mean, all those you can get a thousand
3: dollar Apple watch right now if you buy the ceramic version the edition yeah. that's a thousand dollars um yeah if you get one of the Hermes ones they go up pretty high in price let's go to the pricing um you can get some fairly high end it's it's not the uh, the same price as the original edition which was pure gold and seventeen thousand dollars uh that's not available anymore but um <laughs> They start at let's say three twenty nine and they go all the way up to uh, let's see seven forty nine and then they have the addition that goes the Haramez goes up to thirteen hundred dollars. Um, all
4: right, so what what's the fourteen hundred dollars difference between a right. Rolex and a high end Apple Watch? That's right? what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah. sure that the same person who's in the market for a Rolex is going to
2: be purchasing an Apple like oh yeah Apple Watch I'll consider that one instead. Like <laughs> I guess something. Like, about- I have a comment related to this kind of conversation in general. Um, I'm not a flashy watch guy. I'll never get a Rolex Rolex because I want to show off or like, you know, look rich or whatever. But one reason in general I don't wear a, a wristwatch is because all it does is show me the time. And I'm like, well, I have my phone for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now now this is like a standalone device and it's sleek and it has all this functionality. I, might, I have a reason to get a wristwatch and I yeah. want one. But, like, not just to tell the time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I
5: was actually going to say something similar. Like, it's on the surface, you're like, wow, sold more watches overall than Rolex. But then when you think about it, just like you said, uh, when's the last time you, like, I don't see people wearing watches like that anymore because you have the time on you all the time anyway. Mm
2: -hmm. And then I see people wearing watches. I'm even like, why? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. The only time I ever wear watches is if I go to like a wedding. That's pretty it.
1: if i have to dress up i'll throw a nice
2: um like an analog watch on yeah i don't even do that but that's just me irvin if you could uh on our feed here if you i don't know if you still have that page up or not Mm -hmm. but i was checking out the uh the workout section there and ryan you might be interested in this they have a galantis song on the streaming music section so that kind of sells me a little too because i'm a fan (laughs) (laughs) you cut to the core of me apple (laughs) <laughs> no pun intended
5: there you go there you go
2: oh man
1: I, no, no, nobody else catch that one I, just, I did I not listen. listen I'm gonna get to the
5: core of that thanks <laughs> Apple but, uh, <laughs> moving okay. on from that one um, <laughs> <laughs> surprised we didn't get nerve Irvin boo there yeah <laughs> he's too busy cutting my audio for the second play <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um the uh i think the only difference visually between the two watches is the lte one has the red highlighting on the the dial itself on the watch not sure what that if that
3: serves any purpose or not but i don't think they really said they just kind of
1: used it as a differentiator in all those pictures just just makes you feel good inside right it's like a record button (laughs) yeah yes it is Um, um I think that it's uh, it'll be interesting to see, like I said, where this takes the market. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a huge announcement, but not as big as the following announcements that Apple had. Um, and I know these got substantially less of the limelight, but um, they announced the not the 7s and the 7s Plus, which I I feel like they should have been named that, but we can get into that in a little bit. But um, the iPhone 8 and the 8 Plus, which to me is, I think, personally the better of the, the choices in terms of just getting a reliable user experience. But really the only difference is they replaced the back with a glass back in order to pave the way for their newest feature they're adding to, sm- to their phones, um, wireless charging. Um, I'm curious to see what your guys' thoughts are on on the the eight and the eight plus in terms of wireless charging and um, how you how you felt those phones were and even if it's just something about the name because I personally feel like it should have been called the 7s and the 7s plus
5: I mean I'll comment on one part I mean the wireless charging it's it's cool on the surface but I you guys can tell me if I if I'm crazy I'm not I don't really care about wireless charging I'm all about it. <laughs> Doesn't make a difference to me because, like, I feel like I still have to leave it in a certain area. So, either on the cord or on the pad. And instead of carrying one cord with me, I now have to carry a bulky pad with me to plug in places to put the phone on.
3: But the idea is that once this technology gets well, now that Apple's gotten into it, right? That's going to be more places where it's going to be implemented. So let's say you go to a coffee shop, airport. There's just going to be a, a place where you just sit down and place your phone down, and it just charges. Um, there oh, yeah, are no, some places that do that now because Android phones have been doing this for a, a quite a while. Uh, but is now 2009? that apples yeah now that apple's in the game it's gonna go um, widespread for sure yeah
5: I like the idea in general like I, I like the technology like the idea behind it but like as a personal user I don't I don't see the benefit that I get of of not being able to plug right. plug it. it's the same thing either way for me now now the thing I have to carry from room to room or house to house is just bigger well the nice thing is you still get the port so
1: there's no if you don't need the wireless charging and you don't want to purchase the wireless adapter or purchase a, a Qi adapter, which is what this wireless charging standard is called, um, that's QI for anybody interested in looking into anything more about Qi charging and how it's been around for a little bit. But um, that's the thing. You don't need to adopt it. It's nice to have for people who do want it, and it caters to that market. And at the same time, they're still retaining all of the same – usability and feature set of their previous edition of iphone which is good so i mean to the people who don't like it then they don't need it apple sells everything all the way back to the se and everything all the way up to the x so from the se to the x that's how
4: (laughs) (laughs) i I think it'll be interesting to see in terms of versatility because iphone is you know it's the, it's the most popular sold phone on earth basically and, and it, when i bought my car it was an 09 it's an infinity 09 right and it had it had a port for an iphone 3 and and so you could plug it directly into the car and that was back mm-hmm. in 2009 you could do that so now like i want to see cars teslas any 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 all these new electric cars that are coming out i want to see them having wireless charging pads we you just you know throw your phone on the dashboard or whatever it starts charging you drive to work or like new... a new magnet that does it for you
1: it, as as hated as this car is the new prius actually features that in its center console it's got a chi charger built in to the to the center so that's you nice. can lay your phone yes. down and it's like perfectly cradled for a smartphone which is
2: really nice now if they if they build something in similar to what i've seen actually in ryan's car where it's something that's mounted up where you can like do a gps and also wirelessly charge while you're mm-hmm. driving that'd be awesome
1: they do and make magnetic chi of- mounts which is nice
2: yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the follow in the same vein as kyle um i do agree with you man about you know the bulk of the charger itself you know that is kind of obnoxious and i think that maybe like a cable is a little easier to take with you um but i think a lot of what makes iphones as popular as they are is the aesthetic of them um and when you're getting into this you know especially with the we haven't talked about it yet but the the x um you know how, how sleek of a phone it's becoming kind of similar to how the sa is such a sleek phone um i think just placing that on a pad and kind of just like being able to drop it and charge it is such a, a awesome thing um I also think it paves the way for the future of the charging technology where there's going to probably be more remote wireless charging at some point in the future um, Mm -hmm. where you're not placing on a pad, but maybe if you're in the same room as something that's plugged into the wall, your phone will charge. Yeah. They've been working
1: Um, on that technology for years now and they haven't been able
2: to get it. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that, one thing that does. Big for me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, We want our phones to charge fast. That's definitely true. Yeah. Um, one thing that does freak me out is, and this kind of ties into what I was talking about with the reasons I like to serve the cable. I mean, what, what, if you get an, an iPhone charging cable right now, nine times out of ten, the reason you have to get another one is because it breaks at, you know, where the the cord actually connects to the, the male adapter for the charger. Um, and you see a lot of knockoff companies making iphone chargers and maybe they don't do as good of a job or they break more easily when it comes to wireless charging i'm a little freaked out at what's going to come from this um, <laughs> you, know, you, you might get these knockoff brands making chargers and then you wake up with a tumor on your arm <laughs> because he used it <laughs> oh my so, god <laughs> the, Just, uh, i'm not saying it's actually going to happen yeah the, the one thing that
1: I'm happy that I'm wrong with on uh, last week's episode was that they decided to go with Qi instead of developing their own standard. And to, to, to talk off of your point, I'm hoping that the Qi standard has been around long enough for people to have learned those mistakes already. And now that Apple's entering the market, you'll see, hopefully it'll lean towards more high quality, cheaper solutions for achieving this effect and, with that. Um I think at the, at the most currently phones just kind of tend to warm up a little more than other phones. But I, I'm just I'm so happy that they didn't make their own proprietary type of wireless charging and try to compete with Qi and to go that route. Like they've gone with so many other things in the past. And they're actually driving forward an open standard. So that's the big thing but um one of the things that i heard from people who are necessarily as invested in the tech aspect of it was they were like didn't apple learn their lesson from the four on having a back uh back plate made of glass on your iphone because it's just another shatter point on your phone
2: and it's the most unbreakable glass ever
3: yeah that according to Apple yeah they made the most unbreakable glass we'll see if that actually holds up but uh, I can't wait to see those drop test videos you people.
5: can't you can't be the most unbreakable
3: you're no. either unbreakable or you're not <laughs> like, <laughs> it's,
1: just, it's like when combs have unbreakable written on them yeah yeah they should
3: should have challenge yeah they yeah. should have gotten uh, Bruce Willis to promote this unbreakable yes. phone. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, it's probably just Gorilla Glass 6.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like Or some kind of standard glass. So, I I mean, it is what it is. But did they say, I missed this part on the iPhone 8, but did they mention if this has the higher screen resolution?
3: Nope. The same, same exact screen resolution as the iPhone 7. It's just the 7S. I I'm no idea. Again, the, you mentioned earlier, Matt, no right. idea why they called it the 8 some some internal marketing thing i don't know uh but yeah this is just a a 7s uh yeah do you think
2: do you think it's just marketing because i mean there's i mean yeah it could have easily passed as this 7s but there were some pretty significant changes right
3: yeah so typically what apple does between the releases is they do a major number release and then they previously did the s release and majority well i think almost all of the time the look between the major number release and the s release stayed exactly the same it's more of an internal update they updated the camera updated the cpu in this case they actually did change the look they put that new glass back on it um um, that's pretty much all is in in terms of the look that's different maybe that that way they could justify naming it the eight because it's a completely different, it's a different looking phone. Uh, But internally, they definitely made some significant changes. I was gonna mention the next topic is um, the camera. Uh, They added some smart uh, portrait portrait features additional to the ones that were on the iPhone seven. So now you can um, make dramatic studio lighting effects in portrait mode to simulate like you're shooting uh, in a studio with a dslr a full setup with the lighting rig we'll see how that actually uh, pans out if it actually works or, or, or how close it gets to an actual uh, dslr professional photo shoot um, but i think the major uh, component that was updated and that it's most powerful. CPU ever put into a phone, and that that's sort of related to iPhone X as well because they're using the same CPU. Yeah, uh, this A11. thing, this thing is a beast. Um, yeah, some le- benchmarks have leaked so far, and from what we've seen, it's almost it's faster than the it's Snapdragon 835 that most high end f- um android phones that are using right now it also includes a bionic chip that that does uh neural network learning and artificial intelligence directly on the phone um which apple's big on since they 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 tout that they don't send any personal information to apple uh like perhaps like google do so google does their processing for artificial intelligence assistant stuff Um, on the cloud and then they send that information back to you. Uh, What iPhone and Apple has been touting is that they do all that processing locally and Apple never sees that data. Um, Mm -hmm. It's never sent to them. So this um, bionic chip um, apparently will improve that performance as well of of that artificial intelligence analysis um, and things like that for AR as well uh, doing all that processing locally. Um, not to get too
1: deep into the architecture, but that's kind of what Huawei is doing with their Kirin chip. They're embedding an AI, um, an AI CPU into the hardware of the phone in order to increase the power of their local neural networks. And there's AI capabilities on the phone, but um, that CPU is nice. Their single core um, scores have always been like unreal. They're almost as good as, like, the total scores on some Android phones.
3: Yeah. Um, And augmented reality will be big as well for uh, this release coming up. Of course, it's going to be compatible with older phones. Um, One cool demo that I think Kyle might be, or anyone else who is really into sports, MLB uh, TV app showed off a demo of an augmented reality Uh, application that they will be launching soon so let's let's say you're sitting at a uh, at a game at a baseball game right all you need to do is pull out your phone point it at the field and above each player's heads it'll say who they are their stats live in your in the video uh, of the phone yeah it'll track it knows exactly where the players are on the field and it'll put the stats and it'll track them as they're walking off from each base and show the stats and you can click on so they they showed off that demo just briefly i'm not sure when mlb will launch uh, that, that uh, huge. but it, yeah. I, that's some like a real world application for augmented <laughs> <Yeah>. reality that'll <laughs> be kind of crazy
2: Sports Sounds like a real home run <laughs> <laughs>
5: Sport sports is one of the main things that runs televisions. the the right The rights to show sporting events is humongous among te- uh, television companies or media companies. And I, one of the struggles, especially with baseball recently, but every um, every major sport has been the game has become so good to watch at home. How do we bring people back out to the ballpark? And that is the beginning of that step. If I can integrate my television experience live, why wouldn't I?
3: Right. Like All the stats show it, yep. up right there, just like on TV, but you're actually there at the game, enjoying getting on the food, the beer, enjoying the atmosphere. Exactly. Uh, and getting, like it,
5: yeah, They say that like why right now, the argument is why would you go down to the stadium when you have 1080p or 4k on your humongous television you get to not deal with traffic sit at your own house watch it at your leisure turn off when there's no action switch to something there has to be reasons to drive people back to the to the to the ballparks and the stadiums and that is the beginning of of a big reason especially for for baseball fans baseball fans are huge nine times out of ten huge nerds huge stat heads need to know everything that's going on with the numbers all the time i'm one of those guys I've watched the Phillies the last two nights and I won't get off my phone because I'm looking up stats and I think of another thing and I start looking it up and I think of another thing and I start looking it up. If all that's right there in front of me, and then I just look up the minor things that my brain goes on a tangent. That's a reason for me to start going to games again.
2: Yeah, what but I, if, you get, if you get annoyed with people having their phones out like this in front of them on, to, on their laps all game, get ready for this. The entire game.
1: just <laughs> the that. Yeah, you get people recording games anyway, so that's, that's totally fine. And I would totally go to more hockey games if that meant that I could actually watch. Um, like, I can see the stats over the players live. If it got to the point where it was good enough for something as fast-paced as the NHL, yeah, that would be awesome.
2: So, I don't know if you guys want to keep touching on this topic, but I did kind of want to tie back a little bit to the naming convention, Urban. if you're yeah. up for that. Sure. Um, I was just kind of thinking, you know, in the past when they would uh, go from, say, the 6 to the 6S or what have you, um, yeah, they'd have a processor update or something like that. But I feel like here there's a lot of new features that warrant it being named an iPhone 8 as opposed to a 7S. Um, like wireless charging is, you know, a feature that did not exist in the 7 and now it exists on the 8. It uh, really sets it apart. I'm not sure when it comes to the camera. I know you were getting into the camera a little bit here, yeah. um, but I, I got some rumblings of like a a dual camera on the back. End. Yeah. So the, um,
3: yeah. So I, the iPhone 7 had the dual camera. The 7 Plus. Uh, the same. Is that as just the case dual lenses here.
2: or dual camera?
3: No, so that's the same thing. Uh, same okay. idea, right? So dual dual lenses. Uh, so for that one. one, one for the
2: regular and then one for a telephoto one. Um, okay. that's just yeah, the other one has optical zoom. Yeah. And then we get in, get into the battery as well, the fast charging. And then there's a smaller size battery on this one too. Um, I know that it's not like it day and night, but I do think it is a different phone when it comes down to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could say that cause
3: the iPhone six S added a 3d touch. So the 6 didn't have 3D Touch. The 6S did. That's a significant change. All well, depends on who you ask. I don't right. know how people, how much people use actual 3D Touch. Um, yeah.
1: I also kind of like how, how the glass back kind of mutes the color of the base part of the phone itself. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of looks nice. It's like a nice, different um, physical look to it as well. Yeah, it's mm-hmm.
4: aesthetically pleasing.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: That's one thing that Apple's good at. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, coming back to the aesthetics. Yep. Yeah,
5: I, I, I like it a lot just because of your joke earlier, so <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was
1: at the why did they not make the iPhone
2: 9 joke that yep. I said? Yeah, because 789. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> I was really <laughs> I, happy when you said that in the chat. I didn't right. see that till after the fact, but I had a good
5: chuckle with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I laughed out loud with multiple people above my. Pay grade
1: I saw somebody so. on Twitter and they were like, I swear <laughs> to God, if I see somebody with another
3: 789 joke on this
1: iPhone, then
3: like, what? You're going to laugh again? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So we've been talking about the iPhone 8, but uh, Apple had a one more thing at the end of uh, their um, event. <laughs> um, yeah, this is probably the most leaked iPhone um, ever. Uh, we pretty much knew every detail of it um beforehand i I think we mentioned pretty much all the features that were rumored to launch in the last episode and now that we got confirmation of everything and that is the iphone 10 and that is the 10 not the iphone x please don't call it iphone x it is the (laughs) iphone 10 it's like it's going to be the new gif versus gif uh debate it is also mac os 10 not mac os x this is diehard <laughs> Apple fans will will come and get you, uh, if you. Don't I thought call
1: I've, it. I've even heard people say OS X ten. No, I was like, what are you doing?
3: Mm. Oh. oh my god! <laughs> it's like right. saying ATM machine a riff piece. Yeah. 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 So this phone is, uh, kind of kind of big, not in terms of size, but in terms of of what it brings to the table it finally brings a a full (laughs) a full screen iphone so that means uh very minimal bezels uh it's following suit to what the essential phone has done uh samsung galaxy s8 and now the Note 8 has done the lg uh g6 as well so it's following suit to what android phones have been doing uh starting uh mostly this year um, and brought a full screen iPhone with uh, minimal bezels like I mentioned no home, no home button um, replaced by face ID which we can get into how effective that might be um, again offers same dual cameras as, bef- as for the iPhone 7 except in a different orientation um, and then there's that little notch at the top that uh shows that houses all the new fancy sensors that the iphone has uh, for detecting your face thoughts concerns <laughs> i want to know how that
1: phone sits on a table with like, like how yeah far out that camera on the back sticks out mm-hmm. from the phone itself a camera hump yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious I just I'm, I just want to see what that looks like but um, it's a serious improvement and this phone is definitely worthy of getting a different number than the seven um, I'm still kind of in the air about the other one but the specs on this are, are pretty serious i'm I'm impressed um, internally it's very similar to the seven um, the seven I'm almost at the seven the eight and the eight plus. <laughs> Um, that being said, the, like you can see in this picture here, the home button is completely gone and it's replaced by gestures. So it will be a swipe up on the main screen when you see a black bar on the bottom and that would get you to your home screen. So that's how they solved that problem of getting rid of the home button. And on that same note, getting rid of the uh, multitasking option by swiping up and over, um, to solve that problem but I'm, I'm impressed with this one. I'm curious to see how well the facial recognition feature is going to work in the environments they said it would work. They said this could work in day, night. Um, it could work with a cover over your face to the point where like, if you're bundled up for winter, it could work with glasses on. Um, I just want to see the limits of that because yep. um, as much of a joke as it was during the event, they said it would fail maybe one in a million times as compared to a fingerprint, which would fail one in, say, like 9,000 times was the metric they used. And the
3: very first
1: time they attempted to unlock the phone with Face ID, it failed.
3: <laughs> so, so I want to just clarify that when they set those numbers for Touch ID versus Face ID, I, I've seen a couple places places like misquote it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um it's not the number of fails it's the number of false positives so okay. like where the touch id when they said 1 in 50,000 there there the chances are 1 in 50,000 that the touch id will think that someone else's fingerprint is like yours and then for uh, Face okay. ID, it's one in a million. It's not the number of times it might get it wrong. It might get it wrong more times than that. It's the number right. of false uh, positives. going to say,
2: my Touch ID
3: fails quite
2: often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's,
3: yeah, it's the it's the number. Of, I Yeah. So it's the number of false positives, which makes more sense. And then yes, they did the very first time that they tried to show off this feature live in front of an audience. It failed. Uh, it yes. could not so recognize the, the face of uh, Hair Force One. Uh, maybe it was the hair. It was too impressed. It couldn't handle the hair. Um, not, I'll, I'll admit
1: that, that if I it. was woken up on stage and saw Craig <laughs> Federighi the very first time, I don't know if I'd be ready to perform either. So.
2: You, know, yeah. you got to give them credit, though. They actually did the test. They didn't just program it to unlock. Right. Yeah. Like, they didn't fake it. Right. right. Yeah. yeah,
5: that was a live product demo, which was really nice. You know what? I mean, uh, at people at Apple who I know are listening because we're so popular. Um, if you guys want to really test the limits, you can donate the the iPhone X <laughs> to me, and we will demo it live by me setting up with me with a beard, and I will shave right afterwards. Oh, my gonna God. You're going to be like,
2: <laughs> wow.
3: Oh, man.
5: Yeah, yeah. For a free iPhone X? Hey. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> that might get <laughs> some better, right? Hey, hey
3: he'll, he'll, don't worry. He'll grow back next week. It's fine.
0: Yes. <laughs> Next week,
3: and it's two
5: hours. My uh, my girlfriend will probably break up with me until it grows back, but that's fine.
3: Uh, so we can talk about more in depth of the the face ID and the technology behind it. Um, it uses infrared, uh, much like the Samsung phones, the S8 and the Note 8, uh, but they developed, according to them, a, a new technology that's more accurate. Um, it projects. 30,000 uh, invisible dots to create a precise depth map of your face, uh, which is pretty increp- incredible. Um, you can use this feature to also map your face to uh, animated emojis, which we can talk about a little bit later, how useful, how much use people will get out of those. A lot uh, for sure. Yeah, it'll be a fun yeah. feature for sure. I can uh, confirm look- I'd shamelessly yeah. use that. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun for sure. I don't know if how, how long like will it'll if that feature will like will wear off. Um, that the the novelty of it, but we'll we'll see. Um, so that the face ID is, is there's so many sensors on this phone in the front. Um, a lot of people complain about that cutout, but I think it has to be necessary. Um, for to place all those uh, sensors up there, yeah.
1: There's a lot of hardware in that
3: thing. Yeah, in that little, like I don't know what to call it—an eyebrow or something. Yeah, and they uh, <laughs> priced it accordingly. Or accordingly, uh, we can talk about the pricing of the the iPhone 10. Uh, it starts at a thousand dollars, and it goes up to I think twelve ninety nine for the. Is it twelve? Uh, yeah. Is
2: it twelve ninety nine for the two fifty six?
3: Yeah, 256 model. Jeez. Um, reminds me of the
2: saying, uh, it, it really reminds me of the saying, a small loan of a million dollars. And how go. much is the, uh, is the most expensive uh, the Series 3 Apple
5: Watch? I uh, think it's 399
3: uh, No, 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 no. you want no. The full mobile uh,
5: Apple experience, it's like $1,800. <laughs>
3: so if you want to technically go the most expensive watch is actually more expensive than the iphone x well yeah i don't want the i don't mean like the 14 gold. <laughs> I <mean like> the, <laughs> it's not even the 14 karat gold it's just a stainless steel with some special leather band it's like 1300
2: dollars. yeah you might as well buy the uh apple tv while you're at it too yeah <laughs> so if you get an apple series 3 apple watch that's made out of stainless steel that has like a generic band that is thousands of dollars yes Wow. Yeah. If you
3: buy All the right. ceramic one, I think you just get a rubber band uh, for it, and that's $1,000. The ceramic oh, the uh, Apple Watch. Uh, for some yeah. reason, I literally pictured a rubber band. Just like <laughs> just a single rubber band. But yeah, so
1: the,
2: Not even the, a thick one. Yeah.
5: One of those little ones. <laughs> yeah. You're going to wrap it around twice and
2: <laughs> put it around it Snaps. <laughs> yeah, the right, back to the. I, piece of string. Yeah. The
3: iPhone X pricing so it's 999 for 64 gigs 1149 for 256 um, yeah a lot of people were complaining when the node 8 came out with the price uh, that starts at I have the thing 970 dollars uh, for the node 8 but the main reason people were complaining f- about that price is that it didn't really offer that many extra features compared to the s8 and the s8 you can get for pretty much around like maybe 600 640 dollars uh if you buy one um and that's brand new and that's not even used and you will get the i'd say 98 percent of the features from the note 8 um mm-hmm. but here i think it offers quite a bit more features to the uh iphone 8 it has an amoled screen um, which will offer deeper blacks and richer colors. It also has HDR built in uh, to that display. And then it also has that um, uh, face ID feature. Uh, I don't know if you might view it as a as a benefit or a um, not a benefit, <laughs> uh, disadvantage depending on how you look at it. Or, or what, I'm, I'm very curious to see what... <laughs> how the reviews are for Face ID and, and what uh, people, how usable they might uh, mm-hmm. find it. Because in the demos, when they showed it off, like you saw every time they did del- deliberately brought up the phone and made it face you every single yeah, that time. Worries if, I, me. If, if I have to do that every single time that I want to use my phone, that's the main reason I turned it off in my S8, because the S8 has iris scanning. And I, I turn it on, and it, it I have to put my phone in a certain position, line it up just right. If it was too dark, if there if I was wearing contacts, it didn't work. It was it was just unusable. So I just stuck with the fingerprint. Um, yeah. But there's no option for a fingerprint here. You just have a Touch ID or a passcode.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I don't know, know how that works. Work. No, they
0: have, they have, I'm they very hopefully curious.
1: Hopefully,
2: all that tech they stuffed in that unibrow is going to good use i would i'd like to think it's pretty darn reliable from what i've read it works from being on a table surface and you're sitting up
1: yeah in I one mean, of the product demos I they said. had um they had someone swimming up to the end of a pool and they were looking down at it and you could like see that they were clearly at an angle it was as if the phone was kind of just like laying on its side like off that way and they were like there was like a definite angle so i'm i'm curious to see how well that actually works <laughs> In a real life scenario and um Irvin, i know your bigger gripes were um contact lenses not allowing it to work either i'm yeah, curious for, if for mine, still work
3: with that for mine so they they claim that uh it'll work with uh, glasses um hats scarves whatever you might be uh you if you shaved you you change your facial hair uh that won't affect it um so they Touted that as as yeah, that it'll recognize you no matter uh what um how you, now we you really might, have to change get power. Yeah it like, <laughs> so you so can
1: put the bad beard. beard. <laughs> and then he has to shave it completely and then see if it still recognizes him.
2: <laughs> now we Guys, have to I'm, do this. I might actually write in about this. Do it. All right. Yeah. We're an awesome tech podcast. We got a guy, he's got a beard, and it's glorious. And he's willing to shave it.
4: <laughs> Let us
2: test your product and make it more publicized.
4: Oh, no. He's, he's got to get the phone. He's got to get it. That's ownership right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need to donate it to the show.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, I lost it. Never mind. Go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. What do you guys
1: think of... The, them getting rid of the home button, like switching over mm. to gestures. Like, how do
3: you Touch think that an would?
2: iconic part of that iPhone, right? Yeah. That's like yeah, the like but No home button. I think it's, button a matter, it it's a matter of time, in my opinion. I, yeah. I just hope, again, from what I've read, obviously I don't have the phone in front of me, but the gestures for going back to the home um, screen are apparently awkward. Mm. So it sounds like either... You just swipe just up on the to, bottom.
0: Yeah.
2: Is that all it is? Yeah, you just swipe up on the phone,
1: and it takes so, you to the home screen, which is actually kind of nice. But
2: Is that different than how you access Mission, mission Control or the same gesture? That no. um, so mission, now, con- yeah, mission, mission Control, control you
1: pull moved. down from the cell service. This is on the new model? Yes. Yeah. The X, yeah. Okay.
2: The iPhone the 10, 8 is the not. The yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, um, I'm just, I made the same mistake earlier in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably multiple gifs of it on the internet, yeah.
1: but um, yeah, they uh, you pull down from the top right, which is where the cell service is, that gets you to mission control. Okay. The center is notifications. I'm not. I forget what the top left is.
3: No, left is notifications. Center doesn't okay. really do. It. So left is notifications. Right is uh, control center. Uh, swipe down or swipe up from the bottom. That's exiting an app or going home. Uh, if you just swipe up halfway and hold it there for a second, then you go into multitasking. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much it. If you now, so I, uh, now to get Siri working, the power button on the side is quite a bit larger than the old iPhones, so it's easier okay. to press. You just hold the power button, and that'll turn on Siri.
2: Um, so I like those gestures you guys are talking about generally speaking but i'm curious to see how much they rely on you actually coming off of the edge of the screen because when it gets to the obviously this phone is going to wind up being put in protective casing i'm curious to see what happens Mm because i have some difficulty myself with my six plus swiping from the bottom to get to michigan control sometimes yeah um If it's entirely reliant on those gestures and there's any difficulty whatsoever involving cases and that edge of the screen, I think there's going to be a lot of backlash. Or one thing that I was thinking
3: is like, let's say you're scrolling through an article in Safari, right? Yeah. You're swiping up and going through. What if you go just a little bit too low and then you just exit Safari? Uh, I imagine that's
2: what the big difficulties are with it.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was actually thinking that when I saw the conference, I was like, oh, I wonder how good their accidental like scrolling rejection is, like how far down you have to go. But um, they, from what I was seeing from some of the product demos, they place a black bar at the bottom of the iPhone and mm-hmm. swiping up okay. from that bar is how you escape the app. So I'm wondering if it'll just kind of be like something like like a cue that people will pick
2: up on as they use the phone not to swipe below that bar. Well, that's how it used to be with the notification center swiping Mm -hmm. from the top of the screen on older uh, versions of iOS or maybe the current if you're not in um, the newest version. There used to be you'd swipe and then eventually in later releases, a bar would appear and you swipe it again and that's when you get it. So,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, but overall, uh, I'm very impressed with this phone. I think it's a little bit ugly, but I'm very impressed with it. And also, I think it's going to be, in the same note as the eight, it's going to be a shatter um, mania for people online. There's going to be some iPhone 10 gore of just like
5: absolutely mangled screens and backplates. I'm sure that's right, true. So- so I have a question. So we went over all the, the big improvements that they made on their own devices, uh, but all the haters came out in the office today. I'm like, oh, everything on that thing for $1,000 I've had for years on my phone and Android. Mm-hmm. How true is that? How, how much further ahead is Android as far as features, or has this phone really made it even? Have they taken a step forward? What, wh- for people who aren't sure, who have only gone one or the other, how close are these phones now? Apple's always
1: had that mentality of don't get it done first, get it done best. Yep. So, they're they typically would wait until the feature has been out for a while and it's been proven to be a desired feature and it's something that's wanted and they'll take that and then use it to build on their own like much improved version of that feature. Uh, They've uh, done this yeah. according
3: to them, right, a much improved whatever that means yeah Uh, they've done the same thing that's very accurate they've done the same thing let's say with nfc is one example nfc has been available on android phones forever right but apple didn't implement it till they they could get like apple pay working uh nicely with it and now they in ios 11 they're unlocking the nsc feature to be more useful that android phones have been using them to scan all kinds of little stickers that might be around or whatever to get information um so that's an, one example where i apple has done this before where they didn't launch with a, which a, with a feature that other phones have had but they launched it and if you. I don't, but to answer I, your question
1: yeah kyle um a lot of the features that they're adding to this phone um the nfc i can't speak for because it's an open standard using qi but um the facial recognition it seems to be a few steps higher than yeah. samsung's approach to it because samsung's is only iris whereas the iphone 10 seems to be using the entire face to recognize you and uh, with that it may it hasn't been tested officially yet by anybody outside of the company, but it looks like it's way more reliable than holding up that sensor to your eyes and trying to get an iris scan in. Yeah.
3: So, from personal experience, be- trying to use those Samsung ones, yeah. if this, it, it seems better, but we'll, we'll just have to wait till the actual reviews come. But yeah, to, to those people saying, those things in the office right That look the android has been doing all these uh for years and that true yes but the iphone typically doesn't bring those features out first they wait a little bit and get it make it better than what previous uh handset makers have done before
1: and also those features that never that happen in android phones that never really gain enough traction to become as popular or as necessary to denote Apple trying to take any serious stock in it, such as the Moto mods. Like I don't think you're ever gonna see an iPhone with a projector built onto it at all. (laughs) Yes. like Stuff like that, I just think is purely for Android. Like That's why people go to Android they want. They're attracted by these experimental features and flashy fun things that the phone can do. And some people go to iPhone because they either are in the ecosystem or they expect it to just work
4: and the Moto Mods thing seems like a gimmick.
5: <laughs> yeah,
1: surprisingly, although some of it, um, yeah. like, adds expanded camera functionality, or some of them even um, add like the Moto, One of the Moto Mods is like a, a, a huge speaker for the back of the phone. Another one's a, a portable battery. Like, there are some useful ones,
4: but well, I, th- I think the modular phone idea will become more popular if they keep charging obscene prices like they are now. Right, right, yeah, phones. Nine 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 is steep. Yeah. It's
5: steep. But for what it's
4: and worth, it a makes it.
5: Yeah.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> said, for what it's worth, it makes a very boring phone kind of exciting.
5: It's so. also it's also really expensive <laughs> for the fact that most companies are not doing contracts anymore. So that thousand you're paying that thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Now some people are doing like oh well, you can kind of pay it off. Yeah, the payment plan part thing. of each one of your yeah. yeah, they're they're adding it in different ways, but you don't see that. That drop in price when you do the two year contract, like right. you did before, it's it's you're just one way or another you're paying that thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, and you can you like everyone was saying you can do financing on it through mm-hmm. Apple, but that runs you if you're going to max it out iPhone ten that runs you like fifty six dollars a month.
5: Yep. Yeah, saying, I'm something. sure that that Verizon and AT and T will offer similar options mm-hmm. as well Like they do currently, but yeah, so you're not saving money, and long run you end up spending more.
4: Yeah. Well, it. it it seems like they're marketing the phone as, as something equivalent to a, um, an actual ultrabook. Like if they're running benchmarks and stuff against it, like they're trying to equate the phone to an ultrabook, like having a computer in your pocket. And they're they're going they're saying the smartwatch, this is your new mobile device, this is your new cellular device, whereas your your phone has become your computer. So to it, gonna it, you for it a
3: has problem. been for a lot of people, right? A lot mm-hmm. of people, this yeah. is their main computer. It's not device. a computer, right? Yeah. But but for, for a lot of people an ipad or an iphone has become their main computing device right they don't really do anything else on computers maybe just at work uh perhaps that they use a computer daily but when they go home this is what they pay their bills on this is where this is has replaced a digital camera this has Mm -hmm. uh they take every they take this everywhere with them they don't leave the house without it Uh, it's
4: an all-in-one device Do do you guys remember the ubuntu phone by any chance yeah yeah I remember that one
3: very vaguely. Yeah,
4: it was supposed to be your desktop and your phone. Right?
3: Yeah, Yeah. you plug Mm -hmm. it in and and uh, and into a monitor and a keyboard and it becomes a full desktop. The S8 does that. With Uh, Dex, yeah, with Dex. But I don't know if I don't think we're quite there yet. No, I don't think it it seems like that's
4: the target.
1: Yeah, to merge mobile and desktop experiences into one. Yeah. Yeah, close. Not quite there, but. Um, any that final, being said
3: yeah any final thoughts on this whole apple event not just iphone x or damn it iPhone x. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just
5: excited about the about the steps forward i mean they're they've gone away from their from their traditional look they've they're trying to switch things up which i mean didn't have to happen. People clearly were satisfied with what they were getting from them, but it's a way to stay current and stay modern in a, in a world that's getting oversaturated with more and more smartphones.
1: Right. And it's a way to offset what it would have otherwise been a very, very boring conference. Yeah. It makes it more exciting to have a crazy phone with all kinds of experimental technology. Uh, cause I think, yeah. Cause I think Apple's the first one to do facial recognition. That may actually be a first. So when encountering the whole face, but we could list off the spec sheet for that phone all day. And there's all kinds of stuff packed into that. And then I'm curious to see how that's going to do for things like battery life on the phone things. If you're taking the phone to its fullest potential, how that's going to work and just even seeing how it behaves in reviews from third parties and not just from what Apple's telling us at a conference. It's very easy to get swirled up in that uh, like, of course in that whole show and then <laughs> but, the next thing you know like have yourself on the shopping cart ready to buy it you said they're the best at it
4: yeah yeah so Did you guys happen to see by any chance if it's compatible with bluetooth 5.0 or it uh, didn't they didn't PMT? mention
3: yeah they didn't mention specifically about um that those particular specs um mm-hmm. i don't know if they listed on their site yet um bluetooth 5 or any of that um, i know that one thing that it doesn't support and i've seen a lot of articles is uh, t-mobile's brand new 600 megahertz spectrum uh, that's supposed to greatly improve um, their network coverage um, as well as it's going to be the future of their network expansion uh, neither the iphone 8 or the iphone x support that new band i think the only phone that supports it has been announced is the LG V 30 um so far but people were hoping that this iphone 8 or the x uh the 10 uh will support this feature but that turned out to be not the case which a lot of people were surprised at because this is supposed to be like the high-end phone with all the features and it doesn't support that brand new band um for just that particular carrier for um t-mobile but
1: i saw you walking through the iPhone ten spec sheet on the live stream, and it looks like you were just setting up your shopping cart to buy the phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. You were just helping everyone decide on his pre order. Yeah, uh, <laughs>
3: um, maybe not this one. I mean, I've been tempted by the dark side uh, quite a few times. Yeah. Um, I'm an Android fan through to through and through, but that ecosystem that Apple builds with their laptops if you buy like all their products that laptops iPhones Apple watch all tying that ecosystem together part of I'm very attracted to it uh, that all of that working together seamlessly um, so I'm, I'm very curious and, and see if I can switch would I switch Uh, perhaps just temporarily just so for like two years a year and a half i'll I'll just have an iphone just so that i could say hey i experienced it yes it was fine but i like android better um i don't know i'm still curious probably not gonna be uh, my next phone uh we'll see Uh, but i right now i'm good with the s8 at the moment right but they're going in the direction I like, which is the first time I've said that in a
1: while. So, but with that, I think that brings an end to the episode. So I think we can, Everybody anybody wants to do any last second plugs before we round out the show for the night. I know, I know Kyle, you usually like to plug your podcast.
5: Yeah, I'll plug it. We haven't done as much recently, um, just because... Uh... My man, Keenan, that I do the, my wrestling podcast with, On Air with Keenan and Kyle. You can find us on iTunes. Um, you can also find us on uh, podomatic.com uh, slash On Air with Keenan and Kyle. I'm sorry, On Air with Keenan. Uh, or if you search uh, Twitter, I'm very active on there during during the week, especially during pay-per-views, though, uh, at On Air Keenan Kyle. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook on air with Keenan and Kyle. And I haven't been updating as much recently. Uh, My son, Chase and I, we've been doing some video updates. Uh, And if you listen to the podcast in audio form, the most recent update is also a, a, uh, just Chase and I doing a a pay-per-view review. Chase and I are going to continue to push forward um, as, as he gets school situated and I get uh, my new schedule for the fall situated. We're going to start pushing forward with more content. So make sure you get a backlog and you get a feel for how the show works and you listen in in the future.
1: Very nice. Anybody else want to do any more
2: plugs before we head off? I'll chime in real quick.
5: Yeah?
2: All right. Uh, so oh, I don't know ro-
5: if you guys. Oh, I you're coming like a robot. You're a robot off the charts. <laughs>
3: Uh, okay yeah and um, we can jump into perhaps thompson you want to plug your site uh uh, yeah sure i I do some photography on
4: the side um i got an instagram page wayne ryan 21 you can find me there um i'm working on building a website at some point so (laughs) hopefully i'll get one up by the next episode or two yeah i'm
3: showing Um, the your Flickr page at the moment uh you want to tell people the username you have on there
4: Oh yeah, uh, my my Flickr page username is actually I gotta look it up real quick. <laughs> Wayne R. Thompson. <laughs> There's no number after it, just Wayne R. Thompson. Uh, Flickr. Um, that's my photo stream. So you can find everything full res on there if you want to download any of the photos. Some epic. They're some all available. And
1: since he didn't get his moment in the light, uh, you can find JBuds on SoundCloud at soundcloudcom fred So be sure to look him up. And check out his beats that he has going on. Fresh Hot I just beats. wanted to. What's that? Fresh Hot Beats. Yes. Fresh out the lab every yeah. day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or as often as you can. <laughs> I don't want to put too much pressure on him.
3: <laughs> nope. And you can find us at industry40 at Or we mentioned earlier in the second half, we can find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play. Um you can watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Industry40 all spelled out. Um I think that's it. Did I miss anything? Hopefully soon on YouTube.
5: Yes, YouTube is yeah. Check
3: out our active Twitter and
5: Facebook pages too. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you got everything, yeah.
1: And then just the RSS feed for anybody else who has a custom podcatcher. But um with that, uh I think that has been A full and complete episode. That's been episode 19, and we will catch you guys next week in episode 20.
2: Am I still a robot? No, you're good, man.